Welcome to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari Shrike, the artist and creator behind Not Sorry Art and Not Sorry Art School. I'm so excited to talk art and creativity with you. So grab a drink, grab a snack, and let's dive in. This episode of the Not Sorry Art Podcast is brought to you by Not Sorry Art School. Not Sorry Art School is my online art school I created two and a half years ago to supplement my workshop teaching when the pandemic hit. It became a really great resource where I could put all of my knowledge about representational painting into one space. We add one new section or demo every quarter to Not Sorry Art School, and you don't have to pay a membership fee. You pay one time, and then you get access to all of the past videos and all future videos. Not Sorry Art School has an online Facebook group where I have office hours every Monday, and I answer questions within the Not Sorry Art School Facebook group. And there's also a wonderful sense of community on there where people will share their paintings and get great consensual feedback. I'm really excited about Not Sorry Art School. So if you're interested, make sure to click the link and check out the about page to learn more about Not Sorry Art School. Hey y'all, and welcome back to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari, and I'm really excited for today's episode with my guest, Terry Henderson, the arts and culture editor at the Baltimore Beat. I think you guys are going to love this episode and I know you're going to love my guest. I was lucky enough to first cross paths with Terry early last year when she interviewed me for a story for All She Makes magazine. And since then, I've really enjoyed following her work as an arts and culture writer, as well as a curator and an author and just an all around fun person to follow. Terry's day job is the arts and culture editor at the Baltimore Beat, a black-led and black-controlled nonprofit newspaper and media outlet. At the Beat, Terry writes about art and music and all things culture with a focus on the black community in Baltimore. As one of just two full-time staff members at the newspaper, Terry is quite busy, and I'm really thankful for her taking the time out of her day to chat with me about art writing, its role in the art ecosystem, and how writers interested in art can find a path towards a career covering the subject in their communities and beyond. Terry wears many hats as she also curates the Black Collages page on Instagram, a wonderful resource that highlights the vibrant work of Black collage artists across the world. In 2021, Terry published a book, Black Collages, the book, that documented her featured artists in print with over 200 pages of art. In this interview, we discuss Terry's history with art dating back to her Texas roots in Fort Worth and at college at TCU. Recognizing that making herself wasn't exactly her passion, Terry instead found a role within the art community after attending law school and realizing that becoming an attorney just wasn't for her. I hope you guys really enjoy this interview, and if you're interested, you can find links to Terry's social channels, her work at the Baltimore Beat, and her book in this episode's show notes. I hope you enjoy. Thank you, and... Thanks for being here. Hi, Terry. Welcome so much. I am so excited for you to be here. I have wanted to chat with you. Uh, to be fair, we chatted earlier, but I wanted to re-catch up with you and ask you some questions since you interviewed me. Gosh, was it almost two years ago now? But yeah, thank you That's, so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. It's Time is so strange. It feels like yesterday. <laughs> so when you reached out, I was like, wow, we really haven't. Like, I know we talk, like, I will comment on your posts and things, but it's, time is crazy. Yeah. It really is. And especially, yeah. it's like, I feel like pandemic times, like, what even is time? I just, yeah, it's been yeah. wild. <laughs> but I'm so glad you made some time to chat with me. But I'm just going to start by asking, I'm so curious about how you got into art writing and what drew you in. It's one of those, like, I love I'm so grateful for art art writers in the art ecosystem, but I'm just so curious what that path looks like. Uh, so I have a very, I guess, kind of atypical journey to art writing. I So I went to TCU. I'm originally from Fort Worth, Texas. And when I was there, I studied psychology and religion, but a lot, I also was writing a lot about art. So my I um I did an independent study uh, with Dr. Sage Elwell at TCU in the religion department. He was like, you can just write about whatever you want. And so I wrote about Black art and religion. So I, I don't know if you've ever been to the Modern in Fort Worth, um, Texas, the Modern mm-hmm. Art Museum. I don't think so. You know, I've only started kind of recently getting into the Fort Worth art scene. Okay. I had a show last year, but they have yeah. a lot of good stuff happening in Fort Worth. Yeah. It is yeah. I feel like kind of a slept on Texas art city, but yes. I'm sure you know. I agree. <laughs> 
yes, 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 that's that's home. So I um so we I would just spend a lot of time there, like looking at the art there, writing about the art there. But so so then I went to TCU and I was like, I my goal always was to I wanted to have an art gallery because I was always obsessed with art. And I'm also, but I'm um came grew up like in a first generation low income background. Like I was so I was a scholarship kid at like three jobs at, at TCU. Yeah. Um, and I just was like, I know I need money to have an art gallery. So how do I make money? Yes. And I was like, I, I like to write. I could be a lawyer. Lawyers seem to be able to afford to do things they wanted to do. Yeah. So that's why I went to law school. So I went to I went to the University of Baltimore School after TCU. Actually, I did this program called Advice Texas, um, which is kind of like a college mentor program. And I um, was studying for the LSAT. And then I got accepted to the University of Baltimore, came here to Baltimore and was still, law school was not for me. Um, I noticed that I didn't fit in a lot, fit in a lot with my peers. And I also just was like, this just isn't, it's not where my heart is supposed to be. But I spent, was still always thinking and writing, thinking about art, going to museums, going to shows. But I got invited to a friend of mine, um, Ben Taylor, was working um, on uh, like a, a, a journal and he got, he, they needed extra writers. And he's like, Terry, you should submit to this. And I was like, I don't know if I feel qualified to do that, but it was the St. James Encyclopedia of Hip Hop Culture. And that was the first uh, kind of thing that I was published in. And I wrote two articles there. And then after that, I just kind of was like, okay, like this is really cool. And I, I um, so law school didn't work out, but there's a publication in Baltimore called Be More Art. And I was always going to shows um, and the editor in chief asked me to freelance or just or just like submit a pitch. Yeah. And so I did that. And then around the same time, and, and, and there's, so there was a pandemic happening. This was all 2019 or this was in 2019, I left law school. And then um, there was a job that went up at Be More Art for a part-time kind of gallery coordinator, um, but also just like a part-time part um, staff writer, staff, uh, staff writer. And yeah. so I was like, you know what, why not? So I applied <laughs> and got it and, it and it ended up becoming a full-time job for two years, but that's how I, it was just kind of always following art. I wasn't good at making art. I took, and I took a bunch of art classes at TCU, which is kind of just what helped me still be obsessed with it but I was like I the, the things in my brain that I want to make don't <laughs> translate to canvas so but I can write about it so that's that's how I kind of did it it was a lot of taking chances and just and then a lot of connections with people um just being like hey why don't you try this thing and then it worked out so yeah. I feel grateful I it's weird because I don't have and I always try to tell this to people when I like when I do presentations and stuff like the things that I studied at TCU kind of are in in my writing but they don't have anything to do with what I like I don't have a degree in writing I don't have mm. an art writing background I don't have a, an MFA but somehow no it's a, it's a beautiful journey no I mean well to be you know going to law and to you know pass an L's you have to have a lot of writing skills in all of that so I know it's you know it, whether or not you got a, a writing degree per se I mean you were still writing a lot and it sounds like you're really tending to your own love of art and going to museums and really getting yourself out there and and building something that I, I sometimes think we don't have a, a good vocabulary for but it's cultivating that taste and sometimes it looks like meandering and not you know a straight line to your career but it did you know hearing your whole journey together really is beautiful because all of those ebbs and flows ended up being I think what perfectly got you in a position to where you you sounds like you started art writing and then I loved the way your your face lit up whenever you you said you got your first gigs and then you wanted to keep doing more <laughs> because it sounds like it was one of those things that and correct me if I'm wrong here but once you started doing it it something clicked and it was like oh I like this <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it's still, it's writing is very difficult and not yeah. fun, but I'm grateful to be doing it. I was, I was thinking I was, sometimes I'm just like, I can't believe that that's how I pay my, how I pay my bills. And I'm like, try to practice gratitude all the time, but it is, it's, it's, yeah, it's been, it's part of me not doing well in law school was because I was always 
going to shows or, or being at a gallery or hanging out with artists. And now I'm like, that was for a reason. Like I wasn't supposed to be an attorney. So yeah, no, well, I mean, it's a, we'll reframe it as instead of not doing well in law school, it was the universe pulling you in a whole different yes. direction. So no, I, I love that. And really beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing that. I think you know, I've done enough, a handful of these interviews to know enough that like, that's how people get places. It's, it's never quite a straight shot to where you're, you're aiming. And I think that's, it's just a beautiful example of that. One thing that I was so excited to talk to you about is, you know, I feel really passionate that the art world is just an ecosystem, right? And we need all kinds of people. We don't just, you know, I think sometimes we think we just need artists and maybe we need a way to facilitate sales, but that's kind of it. But I find that, you know, Art, the art world is it's not only fans and collectors and patrons but writers and you know people who curate and it's it's a full robust ecosystem and i i really value what art art writers do um, in part because writing is so incredibly hard <laughs> but also because i feel like more than ever with social media more people who maybe wouldn't have considered themselves like art people are finding artists they love and are really excited about yeah. but they would have never said oh I, I i know the art world i know how to take in art they just you know they like these people they follow on social media and they happen to be artists but i think what art writers do so wonderfully is you sort of bridge this gap and you sort of say well your instincts to like this person are valid and here's kind of a breakdown of what that could mean take with it what you want and I just find that tremendously valuable and so I'm wonder I wonder what you think of you know what is your role in the ecosystem and how has that felt like for you oh no that's 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 uh, that's beautiful and it's and that's something that I've definitely thought about especially kind of with my own career with the pandemic I think a lot of it was accelerated by social media and just, I live by myself, I'm single, and I spent a lot of time, especially at the beginning, like it, was it 2019? Again, time, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beginning in 2020, yeah. Art, yeah, a lot of time just looking at art online. Um, and so, yeah, like, I completely agree with what you're saying. And that's, so, but my role, what I think my role is in, in Baltimore and beyond is, um, a lot of my writing is focused on creatives that might not necessarily get critique or get kind of space or shine. Um, so I'm the arts and culture editor of the Baltimore Beat, and so when I'm and I, and I have like different hats, but the with the Baltimore Beat, it's a lot. Uh, it's a black run. It's completely run by black women. There's only two of us. Yeah, um, that's myself awesome. and my editor yeah. just noted, and, and we have a director of photography, Sean Champion. Thank you. And it's it's new. But I, our art section, when I was asked to be the editor, I just knew that I wanted to make a space for people that might not necessarily, and even when I was at Beamer Art, who might not necessarily have gotten written about or who might not necessarily have gotten space. Like space is really important for people who, what's, um, who may not, who, who are different or marginalized yeah. or might not have had a lot of affordances because I think that like I had an, I have an idea like I still have a complex about not having again like I mentioned it earlier yeah. a fine art background or and imposter syndrome is real so I think my role at where I am in my career is to kind of give space and kind of shine light on folks who are making work and and and, and also in just in terms of the beat I think that getting published is really important for artists, like the ability to see um, their work in print and online and to have a critic look at it, an audience look at it. It kind of, it's really, it does something for your, for from what, this is what people have told me, it kind of like yeah. helps with their careers to have this record of their work and having somebody engage with it. So that's one of my, that I really do enjoy doing that. And then just like kind of like documenting what's going on at the time, but I'm trying to do it in a way that's a little, like Baltimore Beat is an alt weekly. Mm -hmm. So kind of more just interesting things. Um, so I guess like that's, that's my role with the beat is shining light on people that might not ever get that light shine shown on them. Is that yeah. the right word? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, yeah, out. totally. <laughs> something. No, you're, you're asking the wrong person. I'm so, you can, yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe dyslexic. And, yeah. No, but it makes sense to me. And it honestly said so beautifully. And I, I think that is a really important thing because the art world, you know, even if you get a degree, it feels like one of those things where until someone who has some power or some leverage or is kind of a more accepted feature in the art world kind of signs off on you you're you're kind of this free agent and people a lot of times I feel like because we don't have good art education throughout they don't mm-hmm. really know if it's good or bad you know there's sort of this idea that I look at art and maybe I don't get it or I don't like it or I do get it and I don't know why that we kind of feel all the way down from you know top to, to people who have no art experience yeah. can feel a bit invalidated by the whole thing and I feel like yeah. you know by by you writing about people you know it whether or not you sign off and say it's good or bad, but 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 simply by giving time and space, um, like you said, it sort of allows people to say, well, this is worthy of introspection. And I think, you know, in a world where things can be kind of like polarized, even just giving a, a platform and a space can be a trim- not only helpful, like what you were saying, but just, you know, it creates a bit, it expands, right? The art world doesn't have to be scarce. I think that's unfortunately how a lot of the world, our world seems, but you know, it feels like yeah. for me as an art writer, you're making more space. You're saying, hey, we can write about all these people and there doesn't have to be a prerequisite to get something written up. If you're making something interesting, let's talk about it. And I I think that's, you know, for me, why I see art writers as doing just tremendous work in the art community. Thank you. And I think a lot, another part of it is like, um, yeah, like we talk about like the stigma and, and there is a lot of, like even for me, like the gallery kind of, can for people it can feel weird and stuffy especially if you're Mm -hmm. if you're somebody that's different again like if you're black or you're brown or you're queer you might not you might go to a space and be like okay like I don't know how to stand in here I don't or even just like people a lot of artists that I've met might not know how to they're like I want to do a show I don't know how to do that so just kind of bridging that for me is really important and trying to be accessible while still maintaining my sanity yeah. is something that I want to do because I'm like, I'm trying to break, break it down. Cause like you said, there should be all of us, there should be space for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, and there's, I think as more and more people become interested in art, I mean, I, maybe I'm, you know, a little bit biased because of my point of view being on social media, but I have seen like this idea of like, there is enough room for all of us. Like there's more artists. Great. I mean, I've seen people who go from my fans who've never picked up a brush and then they learn from me and now they're real deal artists and they have a community. And I I really, it feels like with the art world, there is like, it is expanseless. Like, I mean, it's just, you can, you know, and so the idea that sometimes the art world does feel incredibly uh, stuffy and, you know, antiquated yeah. and I'm listing off all these yeah. words now, but you know, I, I but I, yeah, I, mean, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I have another question. I'm curious if somebody's listening to this and they're like, yes, I'm sold. I want to be an art writer. Um, and I actually know personally a handful of people who've asked me about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I have no clue. You're asking the wrong person, but you know, if somebody wants to pursue art writing, I know you had an unconventional route, but what would be your your go-to advice if they want to get in on it? Um, so okay, this I think that the wanting to do so is important and 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 then knowing that you have a love for art. And I think that the some of the things that so something that really did help me that I try to recommend to people is um and and since the pandemic happened, they're available more online are arts writing residencies and I can give you a list I can email you a list of the one that I did and just other ones that I've seen but these kinds of online incubators even if they're they're like programs for like a month a lot of them have um scholarships for low income or um POC and those kinds of things because you get connected with people who are in it so like I was able like I did the MOMIS Emerging Critics Residency oh wow Um, congratulations Thank you. So that that was, thank you. That was while after I was at Be More Art, but I was able to connect with like a woman who worked in Houston and a professor who was in Alaska and somebody who, I think they were in, I want to say Iceland, but just those kinds of things, like like for the pandemic, it kind of does like you and I are talking on Zoom and you're in Texas and I'm in Boston. Like those, the the residencies and incubators and fellowships online, I would apply. Um, I think that that really does help because even there are a lot of them for people, like, even if you're just curious about it, you can do it and see how it is and you can get a mentor and you can get your, your work looked at. Uh, also, don't be afraid to ask people who's writing you like 
I'm always flattered when people reach out to me. And when I have the capacity, I try to check back in. Um, but there, even if it's pitching or even if it's just like, can, like I've had a couple of people be like, can we just like talk like, like this? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I have, I have space. Uh, and then I think another important thing is just going to shows and looking at as, in, or just consuming as much art as you possibly can. Um, even if it's art that you feel like you might not necessarily like at the beginning, I think is something that's helped me because you kind of like talk about taste, um, just thinking about it. And, and um, yeah, I think that if you want to get into it and then just write, uh, if you have, I've been seeing a lot of people, uh, there's like Substack, um, Twitter. I mean, I actually this, I don't know about Twitter anymore. Yeah, honestly. yeah. No, I, I've always <laughs> been very, very Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> but like, uh, there's like Substack and I think Patreon too, but those, I'm subscribed to a couple of those of people who are just writing. And, and yeah, I think that, so yeah, it's just, I know some people will talk about like having a rigorous daily writing practice. I do not, I procrastinate. I wish I had a rigorous writing practice, but I just, if, if you see something that inspires you and you want to write about it or, or even a person, if, if there's an individual whose work you love, write about it and, 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 and kind of, even if it's just, you're just self-publishing it at first, because sometimes, and another word of advice is I get rejected a lot. Um, so being being okay and not in the beginning knowing that even if it doesn't work out that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen for you because it will you'll find the right person the right artist the right publication that will will work with you it's just getting through that and then also I'm trying to tell people to I'm always like you need to raise your rate if you like your words are valuable if you're giving your energy and your time and your perspective you need to be paid um if there's anything that's like I've kind of like if somebody's asked I don't know it's just just know like know your yeah the fact that you want to, to do this I feel like means something and you should be compensated for it so don't write for free that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, yes don't write for a publication for free that's yes. what, or an yes. institution for free but if you're just writing and you're just trying to get started and establish Substack, all of those things yeah that's that's totally fine yeah, yeah, I'm nodding vigorously because that all sounds yeah. so familiar to being an artist. <laughs> um, no, I, I love that. Yeah, no, all of that rings so true and is so applicable to, I think, other kinds of being an artist. You know, the kind of thing that popped into my head when you were saying that is the idea of just start writing and, and kind of expose, like, I feel like kind of like with your journey, you were saying is like, you were really diligent at tending to your taste and your interest all throughout your career journey. And then when you were kind of at the right place in the right time, you already had a skill set that you had developed and kind of to what you were just saying about having like a sub stack, or I've always even used Instagram captions as a bit of a yes. random sort of device. That. Yeah, yes, like a little micro blog. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, but just sort of like, I think that's such good advice what you just said, because the idea of like having your stuff be free in the sense of like, you're plugging away at it, you're practicing and you might as well kind of share it and keep it going. But then also when you are ready to charge, like knowing your worth, like kind of staying away from like mm -hmm. that middle space where you're like, well, if I would do it for free, I guess I'll charge 50 bucks, but it's like, stay strong, keep practicing and hold out for like, mm -hmm people that will, cause it is a craft. It's absolutely a skill. It's hard work. Yes. Um, it's always yeah. going to be impacted by your particular taste and, you know, don't be scared of chat GPT. Like art writers are so valuable, you know, so. <laughs> not to bring well, yeah, AI like into it. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but like you, um, there's like Instagram, I think is in social media is like when I talk about reaching out to people, reach out to them on social media. People are in my DMs all the time. Like my email is available. And if you want to email me, please do. And just, if I take a long time to get to you, it's because it's just me and I'm, but I do always follow up. Oh, I love eventually. that. Um, but just kind of Instagram has really been really great for my career. And I know people have things to say about it, but I'm like, I, like for example like I have a platform called Black Collages mm -hmm. and that lived on lives on Instagram like if, if without Instagram that would not exist but when you talked about like captions a lot of my writing is like I have Google folders of different things for <laughs> each post same with same with the Baltimore Beat um I think it's a, it's a it's a type of writing it really and it's it's legitimate but I and not to sound too kind of another 
like too mystical, but to just also just like trust in the universe. And if you feel something passionate and you're like, I want to write about this, I just keep feeling this calling. I really do think eventually the universe will be like, okay, here, here's try it. Like this is this is your opportunity. This is your publication. This is your person to connect with. It usually it usually show always shows up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you keep plugging and I mean, it's tough because like you were saying earlier too, with, you know, rejection, I sometimes I'll say that like rejection kind of has to become your white noise when you're a, a, an artist, like you kind of have to, yeah, you build up a threshold You and it's easier said than done. That's, I mean, I, I know, I know so well that it's, it's hard to be rejected consistently, but I think what's important to know is that even like seemingly successful artists or successful by outside metrics, I've all been rejected. You you don't get yeah. to some point where you never face rejection. Even if you get, you know, in some place by the nature of the art world, if you have success yeah. in one field, other people are going to react by not liking it. Yeah. And so the goal of trying to have everyone like you is never going to work. But if you show up and you're consistent and like what you just said now, like if you put that energy out there, I do think, especially with social media, you get it back somehow. And it may not be how you- yeah think but it does show back up yes. <laughs> yeah but like you said like that that is a good word of advice is like don't try to be concerned about and like when I talk about being a critic or critique I usually am not writing it from a place of hating yeah it's like if I'm writing about not something, the colloquial sense right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah so but some there are critics that are harsh and critics that are and so, but you also, and then, but then like, and like, again, talking about taste, everybody's not like, everybody doesn't like my writing. Like everybody doesn't like my voice. And just, if you have to be okay with, and it happens to me all the time with people not liking what you say or the way that you operate, but just kind of finding, like just trusting your voice, um, which I think comes with practice. And I think it comes with affirmation that shows up from just being consistent and, and just, having faith and trying because like you said like I love what you said about rejection being white noise I'm actually gonna write that down yeah put it on my my computer yeah um, yeah because it, I I have like a full-time job as an editor and a writer and I still get like do these freelance things and they just don't pan out and it sucks sometimes but it's like you can't you just the ego I gotta keep it in check so yeah, yeah. it's okay yeah. people are always like you know like super famous blue chip gallery people like you said by nature of that that means it yes it's just just but just focus on on what you love and what you want to do like I just try to I think about like I love art yeah I love art. I love connecting with artists that's why I'm doing this when mm -hmm. when the when the nascent when the negative things happen I'm just like oh, like you said it's easier said than done let me yeah. redirect yeah <laughs> yes on this art uh art that I love yeah yeah, I'm I'm so curious too cuz I know for me whenever I go through um you know particularly like loud I guess using our metaphor um seasons of of rejection, you know, yeah. I will look to other artists I admire either from the past or contemporary artists. In fact, there's a channel on YouTube I love. It's called like Louis the Louisiana channel. I, it's really random, but they interview older artists and they always ask them like advice for you know, younger artists or past self, but I have places I go to calibrate when I am feeling like re rejected or just, you know, a little bogged down. I'm curious as a writer, if there's, you know, other writers you read or what you do to sort of recharge or what that process looks like for you. Oh yeah. No, that's a great question. So are you familiar with the creative independent page? Um, um, it's a Maybe it's, it's on Instagram and they do a newsletter and okay. it's, a, you, sign up, you can sign up for free. And they send, it's usually, it's a couple of times a week and they just interview artists and they ask them about resilience and about um, habits and about just just questions about like how you keep going. Yeah. So I, I go back to the creative independent a lot. I, my friend Ben Taylor, who I mentioned earlier is one of my favorite writers. And so if I'm, I actually was reading his writing earlier today because if I'm just feeling kind of stuck, I kind of go back and read his writing. He's, Actually, he's, I dedicated my book to him. That's so funny that I, he's just oh, so, like, he's yeah. one of those writers that speaks to me. Mm. Um, but there's, there's, I really love James Baldwin's work mm. a lot. Um, I come back to him a lot. And yeah, Octavia Butler a lot mm. also, especially yeah. in terms of like, the pandemic. Um, Jenna Wortham at New York Times Magazine is one of my favorite writers. And I read her work a lot, but it's, and then it's just also just looking at y'all's people, like y'all, 
people's work will really kind of, if I have the ability to go and look at it, go to the museum or go to a show or just spend some time Googling images, going mm-hmm. online, looking, yeah. um, looking on Instagram, just kind of like trying to, I spend a lot of time looking at art, like yeah. <laughs> so much time in that. So if I'm getting a kind of, if I'm in one of those seasons of loud rejection or just feeling down, um, I'm like, okay, like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And I just try to try to be still, practice gratitude and kind of just find that spark. And that's through, and then also I'm just trying to learn, my work-life balance is horrible. I'm trying to that's learn relatable. to rest. <laughs> Trying to learn to rest. Um, and I try not to feel guilty about resting. So sometimes when I can't write, or if I'm just feeling bogged down or rejected, I'm just like, I need to just take a break. And that's why I mentioned the not having a daily writing practice. And some writers are like, you should you, even if you just sit at your desk for 10 minutes. And I'm like, no. Sometimes there's people are neurodivergent. Sometimes you need to just lay down. It's just kind of yeah. Or just go yeah. yeah. No, I what? I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. And I, it's it's so funny to see that kind of echoed in, in writers. And it makes sense because I think when we think of tropes of like creative people, you know, writers and artists often come to mind, at, you know, yeah. kind of in the same token. But no, I, I think sometimes with the creative arts, you know, so much of what we do is hard to contextualize in like the 40 hour a week capitalistic mm. like grind of like okay sit down every day I mean and that that's all well and good and if it was just as simple as a timesheet then maybe that would be really good advice and I'm sure to some people that is really good advice but for uh, you know when you were describing kind of your process of reading the writers you really enjoy and just looking out at art that you enjoy whether that's through social media or museums I kind of had pictured like this like sea anemone or like this like you have these feelers out and you're just kind of like and it's hard to schedule time like that, but I feel like for artists and it sounds like for writers that that's such an important part of the process is to sort of have this open space or even like this play and ease invited into your practice. And whether that looks like a season of being off in a busy season or weekends or mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, it sounds like that's really important to your practice. And yeah, it is. And something I do want to say is that there's, if you're, if you're like, if you're somebody that's curious about writing and you are, and the same with just creative folks in general, if you're somebody that's making work and you have to work, like you have to have a nine to five, like I'm, I'm working on a story about artists who have to work yeah. and hustle and, and, and to eat, yeah. um, trying not to, and this is something that I had to do too, is like trying not to feel guilty about that because you have to sustain yourself. But, and then when you are able to, to pick it back up and get back into your practice, I feel like the time, the time in between is still part of the process. Like my, my friend, Rebecca Kirkman is like a lot of writing is how so much of the writing process is laying down and processing and just being still like, and just, so especially again, if you're, if you're like, I have a lot of friends that are servers, bartenders, and then they're like, but they know they have a show coming up. So just, I don't know if that's, this makes sense, but it's just like, be kind to yourself and know that if you're a person that has to work a nine to five or work, uh, a bartending job you're you're still an artist you're yeah. still an artist your work is valuable even if and you're still an artist even if you're not making work every day that yeah. was my point yeah that was yeah. Point. <laughs> yeah no exactly well there's it's funny because it reminds me of um I think I think it's like a meme or something but someone it was like on reddit but they were saying that you know if you think about it every time you clap, it's like, there's a long interval between clapping. So if you don't clap for like three days, like technically that's just an interval between claps. And I think of that with art too. It's like, even if you take, you know, a year, two years, you know, I have a lot of moms who follow me and they take whole seasons of life off because they're busy in the weeds of like little people. But even if you take seasons off, like you're still an artist. Like if you've tapped into the creative practice, if you have art goggles on, which are a hard thing to take off. (laughs) You're still very much an artist and all the stuff that you're taking in, whether you're a server or you're a parent or you work uh, fast food, all all of that is going to filter in, in a way, and it's going to make you uniquely who you are. And the the last thing I'll just add on to that is, you know, we, we don't live in a world that values the arts very much, especially for large swaths of the population. And, you know, to acknowledge and be kind to yourself because there isn't a lot of support built in and there's not always yeah. value built in to, to doing those things. But if, if it's important to your humanity, if it makes you whole, then yeah, I co-sign on all the advice you just gave, like be kind to yourself, have boundaries, have respect. You're still an artist. 
a hundred percent. Yeah. And rest if you need to rest, if you need to. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Take, take that month off if you need to take it. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, and so I, my next question is I'm very curious about kind of like what your writing process is. And I, what I mean by that is like, from the moment you kind of get that tingly feeling of like, oh, I want, I have an idea or I want to write about that to completion. Like, what does that mentally kind of look like for you? Oh, that's okay. This is a great question for today because I, we just had our editorial planning meeting for the beat. Um, so the tingly feeling is I, or if it comes from a work of art, so I'll like, I'm like, I'm going to a couple of shows this weekend, openings at galleries and if I just see, so I always take a bunch of photos, like nonstop mm. on my phone, just all these photos. And I usually move through the space really quickly um, just because I like, I have social anxiety. So being yeah. in, at openings is difficult. Yes. So no, I, I, feel like, I always go at the beginning and I, I walk through and I take photos and I try to just be sit with the work and think about it. This is if I'm able to go in person. And then if I see something that I'm really excited about that I can't, some, usually it'll, I'll keep thinking about it. Um, and then when I'm, we're thinking about our issues, so we print twice a month. And I'm, so if there's a show that I know that I want to write about, it's on the calendar and I'm thinking about it. And then I usually will kind of just spend a lot of time with just writing on, um, by hand. Mm -hmm. So I have um, a notebook that I take around with me and I'll just kind of like just write ideas about the work, things that I'm thinking about. I'll spend some time researching the artists if I'm not necessarily familiar with them. And, but I'm usually writing from, from thinking about a particular work that I've seen. Um, and then I, if I can't, if I'm always, yeah. So I, just doing that, the feelers you were talking about are like, you need to keep thinking about this. And I can't, I usually don't, and I'm a horrible procrastinator. So usually I'm pushing against the, our publication, my boss is going to kill me. I mean, usually, like if we're on a I Sunday. We'll keep her off of this. Yes. We'll, we'll let her know about this podcast. I'll yeah, cool. her over. <laughs> so if I have, so if, I, if something has inspired me and I know I'm going to write about it, I'm usually giving myself two to three days of writing days. And that means that during that time, I could be in my apartment and I might write for an hour. I might write for four hours. I might go outside. I might not write anything all day except writing by hand and looking at the work and thinking about it, dreaming about it sometimes. It comes out when I'm dreaming um, the things that I want to say. Uh, and then getting context to just like, other interviews that the person has done, researching their work. And then, um, but I try to come up with an outline with um, a little bit about the artist, just for, in terms of the beat, a little bit about the artist and then um, and then the show and then the work. And then I usually hyper-focus in on that work that got me um, from the beginning and, and describe, I try to think about how would I, if I, if a person just picked up the paper and there was no image, how would I describe it for them? Well, that's good. And I, cause yeah, like the, it, it, thank you. Because I just, I'm trying to get everything. And that's another reason why I'm really happy to be at the beat and having it be free. Um, so the beat is always free. It's in print and it's online. It's like, we wanted it to be something that was accessible for everybody. So like the Baltimore is a predominantly black city. And I think that um, only 40% of residents have Wi-Fi. Oh, so wow. everybody, everybody can't get on their smartphone and get online. Yeah. So a lot of our population is picking up the paper and might be like, oh, what is this art gallery or this work of art? And I'm just, I'm just trying to, to, to write towards them some most of, yeah. all the time. Um, so it's, yeah, like, so it's that. So, so the process, so I'm yeah. making my outline writing. I have like three or four writing days and I send the first draft to Lisa, my editor in chief, cause it's just two of us. <laughs> and then she will go through um, and then make notes, I'll get it back. And then I usually try to take a day away from it, come back and look at it. And then we usually on Saturday is the day our copy editor, Jocelyn will, um, she'll, she'll go over it again and it goes to print on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fast That's process. How, yeah. But it, it's, I, I had to get used to it, uh, as a, as a master procrastinator, but if I'm working on, 
um like like if I'm, I'm looking at the books if I'm working on something like if somebody reaches out to me is like would you like to write about this sometimes people will give me a month mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like yes I usually don't start until a week before yeah like, yeah but if it's if it's or if it's something that's like three months like for like I've freelance for mm-hmm. um plastic comb magazine wow, yeah. and that's I usually get like five interviews so so those are more focused like on the I'll start with the artists mm. and then I'm looking at the work and I might not even have been introduced to their work before which is always um but it's always usually it's all I'm always it's always people that I'm like oh yeah hell yeah I'm glad I, I'm, glad, I'm glad I found this person yeah. um but those so it's a lot of online stuff digital uh, a lot of time just again making blocking like in during these writing days I I'm not on my phone um, I don't see my friends. Uh, I'm just, yeah. because it's just very high stress, and, but it's also just like, that's how I get it out yeah. is, is giving space for me to, even if it's just like taking a nap or that kind of thing. Does that answer your question? Yeah, like no, that, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. No, that, I, and that's wonderful. I love hearing about all kinds of creative process. And I think writing is a really interesting one to me because it, I feel like so much of it happens just inside your own brain. Yeah. But I wanted to totally validate the, the procrastination thing. Sometimes I feel like <laughs> it turns into a, a bit of a pejorative when in fact, I, I feel like if you get it done on time, you know, procrastination yeah. is really just some people, some creatives just need to work under a high, in a high energy state. And you know, I, I feel I have had art go to galleries like still wet. So I, I just totally relate there. <laughs> so. But no, it's valid. I think if, if it's how you work, you know, I think it's a totally understandable thing and everyone is totally different. But no, that sounds uh, really interesting. And I, I just, I, yeah, I'm I just hearing it go from that idea and he- hearing you go back to the original piece of artwork and kind of spoke to you. Yeah. It kind of feels like a dance almost. I don't know. I'm like trying to visually yes. picture it. Yeah. And I usually try to focus on three to four works for, unless it's like a specific, like if a publication is like, just write about this thing, it's just one. But I think with three or four, I'm able to kind of think about, and even if over, over the artist's practice over a couple of years, like see changes and mark those um y'all y'all be working a lot so I'm trying to get all of it (laughs) yeah a lot of output well you need to have a ton of output these days with social media so I feel like it's like it's made the uh, art treadmill speed up a little bit for everyone so (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh um no but I also wanted to address something you just said in your um last answer that I thought was really interesting and it kind of it kind of touched my heart honestly so the I love what you said and I think it's always a good testament of like for me personally, like a good writer, when you can speak about something that's kind of comp, well, not complicated, nuanced, like visual art, but then you're able to explain it to to people who maybe feel left out of art. Um, I grew up low income and I remember feeling even when I was in school, I got to go to school on a running scholarship that like, I kind of wasn't allowed to be here somehow. Like, I just remember like art feeling very, like, it just wasn't for for a lot of the population. I know a lot of industries can seem like that and maybe it's my bias being in the arts, but it very much felt like I never had any either museums or certainly not any publications talk to me about art. Like it felt like they were talking to people who had this big knowledge of this really intricate jargon and vocabulary and this really deep knowledge of all this art that I didn't have access to. And so for me, it was very, like if I read something about art, it was just over my head and it was almost a joke. And I just was like, not for me, I'm not here for that. But I, I really appreciate that you said you write to a, po- a part of the population that maybe doesn't feel catered to in, to in the art. And I'm curious if you could just expand upon that and, you know, talk more about that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for picking up on that. And I think that that's, I feel the same way. I, I feel, I, f- I grew up, like, I feel like we had similar backgrounds and it's like, and I feel like I'm always constantly pushing around against my peers who who may have gone to fancy schools or who I feel like just know more than I do. Um, but I, I think so. And sometimes I have to kind of catch myself when I'm writing for, for like more of the publications that are, are a little bit more stuffy. I'm not going to mm-hmm. name them, but like, just, you know, but just like more like art for art's sake, those kinds mm-hmm. of, those kinds of places with the art jargon and the ways in which like those, those places I get a certain kind of vocabulary, but I, and I had to really adjust in terms of production time and, and turnaround for the paper because it's a bi-weekly paper. Whereas in the past, it was like, oh, maybe once something once a month. But 
I, I, Lisa was really good about being like, this is really beautiful, but it was it won't work for the old lady who's waiting on the bus and yeah. picks it up. Yeah. So write, write to her. She also told me something that she was like, write to your Aunt Peaches. So my Aunt Peaches is like the family member that I am in contact with that I love and she lives in Dallas. Yeah. And she was like, if you, if you mailed one of these, cause she refused to get on the internet, even though she has a smartphone, whatever, yeah. I'll mail it. Why didn't open that? So she's oh like, if you, if you mail her a paper, write to her. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that helped me. And it kind of made me grow as a writer and as an editor and also just kind of humbled me and made me be like, okay, like, like yeah, like, why do I have to use this obnoxious word when I could just say that it was blue? Like, why mm-hmm. did I have yeah. to say blue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the lizard are in sunset color. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, blue. exactly. Okay. Get it. <laughs> totally, yeah. And I definitely consider it, um, I do, I love my job for that reason because I think that they're, like, I think the good art writing is also uh, kind of storytelling and also kind of in, in introducing people to, to things that they might not have known artists that they might not have known about before, but also in a way that makes them not feel like there's a barrier between them. Like, like we talked about like that, the art world, but they're like, oh, I like this work like this. And also a lot of the writing that I do is, a, is about black artists within, in black subjects. So it's somebody's picking up and it's like, oh, this person looks like me and I can understand this. Like I'm a fan of their work now. Yeah. Like, those, those things make me very happy. But it's, I think that like, that's the kind of writing that I want to continue to do is art writing that's accessible um that is is beautiful artful um at the beat we say that uh art and news are are both inherently political mm-hmm. so and so you're talking about like institutions and the way that they treat artists of color and that's i'm like yeah. get get your work like you need to be paid for your work and labor when you write something or when you make something do not let these museums yeah <laughs> try to short but yes. yeah like that's so i keep like whenever i'm work writing working on something I'm thinking, and even just in terms of like when I talked about earlier, writing about artists that I might not necessarily be familiar with, or even when I first see the work, might might not necessarily be like, oh, I'm I'm a huge fan, but just trying to put myself in perspective of the the eighty year old lady who yeah. like what was she, like, what, like I know like I know what aunt likes and I know and you know yeah so like I those kinds of things kind of pushing myself because I can very easily just get into like I love um what do I really like right now like I love like sometimes I'll go through a phase where I'm really into like I was just really what am I trying to say um photography like I really love mm-hmm. um I was looking at Deanna Lawson's work yesterday um, and like yes. Weems. I love her and I'm really yes she's so good yeah but like that like her work is fantastic but then also trying to make space for other kinds of arts and, and craft also mm-hmm. that yeah. like when we're talking about space like why can't we also include this kind of puppet show or per- per- this person that's making quilts? Yes. And then trying to remember that too, because you know how you just get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's those other institutions, or sorry, museums and institutions also reach out a lot. And so it's in, it's in front of us. Um, and that's something that we're working on at the beat is I know that we're missing a large population of um makers and artists and folks who might feel like this the art world even though we're doing all this work it's like they might still feel like it's inaccessible and it might be be to them so kind of figuring and and figuring out a way for people who maybe just are showing their work at this bar to get in contact with us so that we can come out and see it that's the goal yeah it feels like it's a lot of community building it sounds like through your writing Yeah, I, I think that's, it's very, it's so interesting because, you know, one of my favorite little, like, I guess, adages is there was this pr- painting professor who was sitting down with a little kid, like a five-year-old, and she was coloring with crayons. And she asked him, well, what do you do for a living? And he says, I teach people how to, to draw and paint. And she said, oh, people forget how to do that. And I, I always love thinking about that because it's, art is something that's so just inherent to being human. It's you know, it's, it's, we, who, who remembers walking past like a foggy window as a little kid and just running your fingers against it or trying yes. to think of other things. Just, it's just so innate. It's part of your fashion yes. choices. My first art lessons were going to thrift yes. stores and learning silhouette yes. and clashing and fashion and, you know, pattern and why all that stuff happened in very practical ways. And one thing I've noticed is 
you know, um, to some degree, low income communities, but I think to a, a larger degree, black and brown communities, which are really rich in culture and sort of craft, like you would say, it's, you know, the way they live and, you know, just like how they live their life is already so creative and artistic in a way that not only do we see that when we see those communities, but the culture at large will often sort of pick and choose and take those things. Yep. And once it's elevated, oh, it's art. And so I yep. feel like, you know, it's important to criticize that transaction, but also yes. sort of on the other end of it, it's important to say to the people who are doing that creative labor, hey, what you're doing is valid. Just because you don't have yes. an art degree and what you're doing is considered craft, like you can be written about, you can be, you know, you can share your art and you can get elevated because the elevation right now is arbitrary. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like yeah, I'm yes, rambling. yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. And, and like you said, and also if you just keep showing up and trying and being sincere, it will, I am, I'm, I'm tr I trust that it'll happen. Yeah. Like if, if, and, and also another thing is even if you feel like people are pay, aren't paying attention, they, they probably are. And mm -hmm. they might just, it might, they might just be moving towards you. Like I have people on my writing radar that I might not get to until next year, but they're, but I'm thinking about their work and I'm looking at it and it's saved in my phone. Like those. So it's just having faith, and making the work and just trusting the universe <laughs> for all my of little, us. my, my, what is it? Mindset shift or reframing tool. I'll, I'll suggest to any writers or artists out there right now that if you're feeling like you're in a lull, just imagine that, that Terry has you on her radar and she's <laughs> going to write about you next year, but she's busy. So just keep making art in the meantime, keep plugging away. <laughs> And, yeah, and we're hoping at the beat to like hopefully soon have like a staff writer yeah. and get more freelancers. So that means that we'll be able to cover the basis more. But yeah, it's yeah, it's it's thank you for 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 pulling that out of what I said. It's like that is that's the mission. Like that's what keeps us going is the fact that the, oh oh my god, this it's just like serendipitous. So I got a letter today from um a sub I wrote this, so I, I also write about music. That's part of art. Um, I also write about music, and but it, which has also been like a nice the thing that we've been trying to battle is making sure we, we do the fine arts coverage and the music, and then we want to do theater soon. That will happen. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. But our and food, hopefully, eventually. It's just we have a lot of ideas. Yeah. We just <laughs> give us money so that yeah, we can keep going. <laughs> grow it. Totally. No, I agree. <laughs> but I wrote this story about this band, this black punk band, Hormone, which is based in Baltimore. And one of the members is um, from Wisconsin. And I, we got a letter today at our office and his grandma wrote us and was like, hi, Baltimore Beat. Um, I'm tearing up. Hi, Baltimore yeah. Beat. Like, thank you for writing about my grandson. That she was like, it was such a beautiful article online. Can you mail me some papers? I'll pay the postage. And I was like, I'll mail you the papers for yeah. free. Like, I'm going to send you a letter on Friday and it, oh it just gosh. that kind of affirmation because she and she said the writing was very beautiful mm. and so like yes. the grandma and, and I think it's Appleton Wisconsin um oh. it's that's that felt really good and so just remembering and that means that I I like wrote in a way that she that she liked so yeah <laughs> and she, well and, and well, and, and, you know, kind of like what we've been talking about the whole time is like this, this need for like, a you know, validation. We live in a culture that doesn't mm -hmm. really prioritize artists or at least yes. not the mass of artists yeah. and, and you being able to write about that. I mean, guarantee you, it's going to be clipped up on our wall and framed. Yes. And I just, and it's such an important thing. You know, when we think about how to support people, of course, like the first thing that always comes to mind is like, uh, you know, financial, the world doesn't run yeah. off of rainbows and sunshine and people need you know money to make things work. Right. And I feel like it's, it's very <laughs> daft to ignore that part of things. But I think, you know, the next best thing that I could think of is, is kind of what you're doing with writing and, and writing is so powerful and it helps to contextualize artwork. It helps to validate artwork. And th there's just so much that you're doing and such a helpful thing in the art community and especially in Baltimore. It kind of leads me into my last question, which is, you know, as artists, how can we support our writer friends? How can we support publications? We know we need them. It's a symbiotic relationship. We help each other out. Like what can artists do to help? Oh, thank you. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. Uh, well, so the, the one thing that I do want to say is that like Lisa and I, Lisa taught me that she's like, think of writing and think of a newspaper as, as a, a, a tool of communication, like as, as a, a channel for getting, getting truth and, and beauty and, and stories out. And you have to 
Like we are really, really care about fact checking and mm-hmm. everybody should, but we are, yeah. it, it causes me a lot of anxiety because I just want to make sure that people's stories are told in an accurate yeah. way. Um, so I think that the best way to, if you, if you have a million dollars, send it to us, please. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Hey, you never know. You never know. Plug <laughs> away. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that just kind of that affirmation is it, it always comes when I am like, can I cuss? Absolutely. Yeah. I felt, I felt like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. I'm moving back to Fort Worth. I'm gonna live with peaches. <laughs> this is not working. Yeah. I promise you. And even with the book, like there was two or three occasions where I was like, again, I hate it. I'm done. Fuck this. <laughs> Every single time, I promise you, at least two or three people would send me a DM and email and be like, thank you for doing this. Like, I know, I know it's just you and I really appreciate it. Or I didn't know that there were so many other artists, like black collage artists doing this. And, and then like the, getting this letter from Steven's grandma yeah. came at the, the, like having COVID and being depressed. Like it just, it, so like if you, and I always tell people, even with me being artists, and sometimes I feel like a nerd, I'll be like, I love your work. I just want you, I love your work. I, was like, I just want you to know that oh, I love your it's work. It's helpful. It's good to hear yeah. that the work, like, cause it's a lot of energy and work that we're doing. So to hear that it resonates with you and that you see us um, and that it's working. Cause sometimes we're in the middle of it and we're like, oh, it's, oh wow, it's April 18th. I, it feels still like, how do we get so far in this year? Yeah. So just, just like, please, like if you, if, if it, again, just if in it, the way that you can support us is if it's just kind of sending us positive energy. And if you, if there's something that you like, tell on our social media, please like write it there emails we appreciate and then also for me if you have tips I really do appreciate them even if I don't again and I need to be better about this mm-hmm. if I don't respond I still save them so people will send me events I'll put a, a flag by it and they'll end up in the calendar and even if I don't say thank you which I need to get better about yeah. gratitude I need to be better about it. sorry it's just me working yeah, on the art no now. worries no worries yeah. <laughs> I, it's hard but I'm always I see I see them all and I'm and I note them so just 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 kind of supporting us is just like especially with this like community thing is kind of just like give us tips be patient with us and um and just share the beat share share it on social media give the paper to your friends um that I think that the word of mouth with this is it's been very grassroots and organic and slow and steady and I'm really grateful but I think it's because so many people here are like oh this is cool and this is like something that's more directly tied to what what the way that I live my life and so that's that's it just 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 yeah show us love on online in person and and, and just be patient. <laughs> no, I, I love all of that. And sh- yeah, share. And I, I think that's so helpful. That's, you know, the beauty of social media is if you, you know, you share what people are writing. I think that's always helpful. I know when people share my work and sometimes they'll be like, oh, well, I can't buy something right now. I'm like, you sharing it and leaving a comment does more than you know. So <laughs> it's, that's so yeah. wonderful. Well, I, I am, we're going to have to, I think, wrap up the conversation. I could talk to you forever, but I want to respect your time and you're so gracious with your time, but I wanted to um, give you a chance. If you wanted to tell us a little bit more about your black art collage page on Instagram, if you wanted to tell me about anything else you're doing, you have a book, you are a busy, busy person. So please let us know everything that you're doing right now. Oh yeah. So, so black collages, I'm, um, thank you for asking about that. It, I kind of had to take, it's my baby. It's just me. Um, started in 2020, started as an Instagram page that was literally just for me to archive works that I thought were cool or, and kind of just keep a record, um, for these collectors based out of Washington state. And it just blew up talking about like online community. Um, but and it's, it's been something that I'm wrestling with. I had to kind of step back from it for, for a while because I couldn't take care of myself, start at the beat. Um, I, my best friend passed away in September. And so I've been grieving, so which is also, yeah. thank you. Thank you for saying that. It, it's, it's kind of, that takes up a lot, a lot of psychic space, mm-hmm. but next month um, we'll be back taking submissions on the page, which I'm like, Terry, why are you, it's going to be great, but you are going to take up another part of your life. Like I'm single for a reason because I don't have time. Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> I get you. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. It is. So I feel like, so I feel like I'm dating my career right now, which is annoying, but 
um so black collages if you could follow that page mm -hmm. and if you have any black collage artists that would like to submit if you are a black collage artist listening that would like to submit slide into those dms and i will be um we're gonna have a new logo coming out um soon Yay. made by this artist anthony grant who i did a project with at this space called good neighbor he's fantastic so I, i'm excited for that kind of rebrand and like re refresh um so the beat is the beat goes on the beat is a lot of work but it's it's been really joyful and i'm really grateful for it i'm not curating any right now i'm not gonna say mm -hmm. anymore i had to take a break from um, curating shows mm -hmm. just because i didn't have the time and yeah. i didn't want to kind of half ass it yeah. but um hopefully get back into that maybe next year so right now it's just the paper, getting the paper, because we launched in May. No, we announced our return in May of last year, and our first issue printed in August. So it hasn't even been a full year. Yeah, yeah. issue busy. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, those are the things that I'm really excited about: is the beat and relaunching Black Collages, and um, yeah, that's yeah. And but and tell us more about your book if you don't mind. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah. So the book, You're so very busy. I know it's a lot to keep up with even in response. <laughs> Black Collages is, so the page, okay. So Black Collages is a page that Instagram page just starting there is just a space talking about making space for Black collage artists. When I first started it, the work, um, I, these collectors were like, tell us which Black artists, contemporary arts work to buy. And it was um, after um, the unrest after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor were extrajudicially murdered by police officers. And there was, and then also just with the pandemic when there was all of these institutions being like, collect black art that happened at the same time. So they were like, tell us which artists to buy or who's art, which artists work to buy. Yeah. And so I, I um, so, but then I was Googling, I was like, I, I knew I had several friends here in Baltimore that made black collage art. And then like, I just knew like, for example, I know about as a fan, like Derek Adams is based in Baltimore and McLean Thomas is incredible, uh, Lorna Simpson. So I knew about all these black collage artists and I was like, well, just let me like go online and look and see. Yeah. And there was no database mm -hmm. of even kind of, um, the like the established black collage artists that wasn't there but there also wasn't just like a comprehensive place that I found of black artists making collage yeah. so I was like, let me just make a page and so the book is because I also knew historically that black collages have been making work and I just wanted that all in one place yes. like Robert Bearden uh Jacob Lawrence um all th those geniuses yeah. so I kind of started the page and Every so the book Black Collages the book mm -hmm. is a physical record of the Instagram page over a year. So I can't remember right now because I have COVID brain, but <laughs> I want to say that there's Aww. 35 artists who are who are living and working. And except for one, Peter Williams passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, rest in peace. And he yeah. said, but everybody, my goal again, like the grandma picking up the paper. My yeah. goal was for, for somebody to be like who's black and making collage art right now and pick it up and be able to open it and see. And, and also to just, if you're a collector and you want to know, it's all right there. All the work is there. Yeah. Uh, and so when the, yeah. I'm hoping to eventually do another book. And so like the, the new, so that's the book it's, yeah. it's been in the term, in terms of like being published, it's a lot of the artists are, were like, I've never been published before. Um, some of them, so so either it's like an emerging collage artist, it's people that started collaging during the pandemic, it's people that kind of, who, or who did have gallery representation. And with the page, it's important for me to kind of also, that's part of the breaking down the kind of stuffiness and barriers. With yeah. The page, you can find people who have had long careers, and then you can have people who, again, just started and it's just, you just submit. And if you're Black and making collage art, yeah. When I when when I have time, it will be posted. <laughs> so yes. give you a minute. You're just recovering from COVID and writing yes. books and yeah. Oh my gosh. It's I'm like exhausted hearing all of your adventure. But you it sounds like you have a ton of passion. And I, I love that you put all these yeah. things together and 
it sounds like, you know, your heart's very much at a place where you're like, if you see a need and your skill set can fit it, you are there and and working on it. And I, I, I will link all of those things. I'm going to link the beat, your um, Instagram page. And of course your book, if I can link to that so that people can can find you. Um, and you also have your Instagram. I will make sure to link to that, but I, yeah, I, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say, I'll send you the, um, residencies too, for people. Yes. Yes, all of the everything aforementioned will be in the I will link it all below. I'll get it all written out. But I it this has been so wonderful and I feel like I've learned a ton from you. And I love writers even more now, which is, you know, I already love them a lot. So it's yeah, I, I really appreciate your insight and your time. And I think you're doing amazing things. So thank you so much for sharing your process and your viewpoint thank with you me. For asking. Um yeah, thanks for thank you for asking me. I'm such a fan. You're a superstar. So I appreciate it. Hell yeah, I'll make time. Of course. Yes. And also, you know, I have, as a Texan, always, I wanted to talk to you. So, uh, yeah, you have lots of tethers here. So, yeah, when you stop yes. by, we'll have to, I'm always going oh, up to Fort Worth. Yes, yeah, definitely. 100%. 100%. I'll bring my aunt. She yeah. would flip. Aunt Peaches? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, thank you thank again. You so- I want to thank Terry so much for joining me today, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you haven't already, check out the show notes to follow Terry and to see her work. And today I have a five-star review from Your Weird Art Friend. That's spelled exactly how it sounds. There's no handle here, but she left a very kind review, and I just want to say thank you so much. If you would like to have your handle read off on air, leave a review. Let me know how I'm doing. It helps the show so much. Again, I'm grateful for you guys. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed the episode and happy creating.